Welcome to Gender Trouble. Uh, this is our second uh, program, and I'm really proud today to have uh, P Flag on. And sitting here with me is uh, Damien Nelson and Mimi Clark. Hi, Susan. And, Hi. And, uh, and Alice uh, Rickle, who's going to kind of help me with a lot of the, uh, well, just keeping the show going. And I'm really happy to have Alice here. So, uh, Hi, Susan. Uh, so, P-Flag. People ask, what in the world is P-Flag? When we were in, our, uh, in the 4th of July parade, I would overhear people say, What's performing? <laughs> no, it's P flag. Uh, parents, families, and friends of lesbians and gays. And uh, uh, Damie here is going to talk to us about that a little bit. So uh, tell us a little bit about P flag and its history, Damie. Yeah, let me give you a little history. Um, and it, Susan's right, it does stand for parents, families, and friends of lesbians and gays, but uh, in recent months, uh, PFLAG National, which is headquartered in Washington, D.C., they've dropped the tagline because PFLAG is so much more. Uh, It's not just uh, lesbian and gay support. It is for transgender and bisexual and queer and intersexed and asexual and everybody. So it just, the, the tagline doesn't work anymore. So they dropped it. But it's still uh, convenient to kind of say that from time to time for people that uh, don't have any idea what it means. Uh, PFLAG's been around since 1972. Uh, Jean Manford started it all when she marched in the what was then the Christopher Street Parade, but uh, it's now morphed into the New York City Pride Parade. She marched in uh, solidarity in support of her son, her gay son. And so many gay and lesbian people ran up to her during the parade and begged her to talk to their parents. She realized that she needed to start a support group. And the first official meeting took place in 1973. Not long after that, PFLAG Los Angeles started, and now it is spread all over the world. And there's like 350,000 members everywhere. And um, it's big. And, yeah, it is yeah. big. And I was in the 1974 Gay Pride Parade in New York City, and, uh, and PFLAG was there. And so uh, it was, uh, and I was also in the 1975 parade there. So that goes way back. Way back, yep. Actually, we called them marches then. Mm -hmm. It was the Gay and Lesbian Liberation uh, Movement, and those were marches. And now it's the parades have turned into kind of a festival and fun and pride. And so, so Damie, tell us... uh, little bit about uh, your pride in being part of PFLAG. Um, well, I'll tell you how I first heard about it for sure. Um, I had just recently moved to Silver City, and I, I'm a teacher at Cliff High School, and I also had my first out gay student, a young man named Richard. And it was just kind of a serendipitous thing that happened. Uh, I was listening to... NPR, uh, KRWG out of Las Cruces, and Carrie Hamblin, who many of you may know, um, she was interviewing the president of PFLAG Las Cruces, and I just happened to tune in to that interview, and I just was so interested. Um, And so as soon as that interview was over, I went to the computer and I got online, and I realized, wow, there is actually a PFLAG chapter in Silver City. Mm-hmm. So I was thrilled. And right away, I got in touch with Deb McCormick, who was the, the um, president at the time. And Deb and I had a lot of good conversations on the phone. I even invited her to visit my classroom at Cliff High School. Wow. Which is a whole other story. <laughs> and um, Deb was wonderful. Not long after that, Nancy Kaling took over as president. And we'll talk more about Nancy in a little bit. But uh, um, PFLAG was absolutely a godsend because I had this gay student who was out. He was certainly not my first gay student, but he was my first out student. And I had to find ways to keep him safe and learn his needs and ways to make his high school experience uh, a safe and a good one. And um, kind of the rest is history. I got, I became a member 
and there it went. Wow, that's pretty good. Uh, Mimi, do you have uh, anything to add to that? Um, I guess how I got involved is really when I was living in Denver, Colorado, and I had a clique of friends, and um, a few of them were gay, and we started going, they, they took me to the Gay Pride uh, Pride Weekend, and in Denver, I mean, it's just out of this world, it's amazing, and I wasn't really involved at all as much, and I didn't even really think a group existed like this before, um, or that supported them as much, and so when I went to the parade, I remember um, g- walk, seeing the parade, and parents just walking down, filling up the streets of downtown Denver, saying that I love my gay son, I am so proud, you know? It's like, my mom doesn't even walk down to pray for me. <laughs> it's just like, this is just amazing. And the emotion was just so overwhelming. I just knew I had to get involved in some way. I wanted to support my friends. Then just being their friend, I wanted to do more. And so I really got heavily involved in fundraising. Um, there's an organization in Denver called Red, and they do a lot of different fashion and art events and just to raise overall awareness especially for AIDS. Um, So that's kind of how I was tied into it. And then when we moved here, I knew I wanted to continue that and not, you know, obviously grow it to the size of Denver, but but just have the awareness be there and have the support and make sure that I was always putting myself out there as an advocate because I think it's really hard unless you are in kind of the the know of what's going on you don't know who the advocates are a lot of the time and I think that's hard for a straight person to know who's an advocate and I can't imagine as you know being someone who's not completely comfortable with themselves yet knowing who to go to so I think it's really important for us to just be a presence and um, so I continued it and uh, had a great partnership with Damie and with Nancy. I mean, she was great. And um, I think we've done, we've grown a lot in the yeah. last few years. And, and Mimi's our media guru because she <laughs> has an advertising background, which has been totally invaluable. It's so awesome to have her on board. Well, my experience with PFLAG was I saw P-Flag, I, I grew up gay, so I was always like, wow, here are these people that are just standing out and supporting us. But I understand that coming out, even as an ally, sometimes you could run into problems or people can kind of treat you like maybe you're even gay. So, uh, so talk a little bit about what's it like being an ally when at one point people were so... Uh, anti-gay things are changing now i mean we have gay marriage and all kinds of things uh all kinds of uh legal you know um uh, where you can't be discriminated against because of work or because of housing and and but at one time if you were discovered to be gay you could be kicked right out of your house if you were renting or you could be fired from your job and so it used to be hard and now uh, and then it was also hard for parents who came out and supported their kids. They were treated as though they had caused their kids to be gay. So maybe we could talk a little bit about that. I think for me that it, uh, in my personal development, I think definitely I've always been known as a friend, an, an ally. But in my own personal growth, especially in the last you know five, ten years, I've learned more that it takes more than just being there for someone. You really have to stand up and speak out. Um, that's that's a really important part of being an ally. And you know, when something happens, you have to stop it and correct it and make sure that you're helping people understand that you know these things that make us all different are what make us really unique. And it's really awesome. And the more we understand each other as just human beings, I think that's a really important part to it. So for my personal growth, I mean, I've always... I think I've just been learning more from our community, from, you know, the more that things have been being accepted. I think it's also more soci- socially accepted that we can speak out and we don't feel as uncomfortable as allies to do so. So I think that's a that's definitely been my biggest step in the last few years is to yeah. speak out and um Oh, you certainly are appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm a lot older than Mimi. Well, no, I'm. I'm not my. Anyway, um, and so I think it was harder for me to really come out as an ally 
Um, I had, you know, a, a gay cousin that I loved dearly, uh, had um, college students that I rubbed elbows with, you know, that were gay and lesbian. Um, but uh, coming out is a process. It definitely is. And, you know, you hear that all the time, but it's true for allies also. And I had been involved with PFLAG for a few years, and I got elected secretary. And I still think about this moment that happened in Albertsons. Um, I was so disgusted with myself when this happened. But uh, as PFLAG sec secretary, I had the... I also was the treasurer, so I had the checkbook, and I was picking up a cake because we had um, a visiting lesbian couple coming to Silver City to do a presentation, so we wanted to have a little reception for them. So I went to Albertsons to pick up the cake, and I'm going through the checkout line, and I'm going through with Doris, who is my favorite checker at the time, and I write the checkout, and um, it's, you know, from the PFLAG um, checkbook and she looks at the check and she says what's p flag and i leaned way over toward her across the little you know check signing area and i whispered parents families and friends of lesbians and gays and she just goes oh you know and takes care of the check and i thought i you know i walked away from albertsons and i thought Oh, what an idiot. You know, I whispered that. I was ashamed of that. And I thought, I, you know, I have got to get over this, you know, and I'm kind of a shy person anyway. But I thought, if I'm going to really be an advocate, I have got to shout that, you know, I've got to be able to really come out. And that was a real turning point for me, because then I was much more, I forced myself out of the closet as an ally after that. Yeah, we we could all tell coming out of the closet stories because there's <laughs> always something that comes along that makes it happen and uh, one of my favorite things is that you know I've been in Silver City I I'd, I'd, was gone for three years but I'm back and I was here 25 years and I always uh, and so probably for the last 10 years uh, I marched in our 4th of July parade with P-Flag and there was always this group of people that would turn their backs on us. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and we'd always go like, whoa, they're turning their backs. And and uh, so we came up with a sign that said, turn your back if you're gay. <laughs> and we held that sign up. And, and what was interesting is the people that were turning their back, the people that were with them who hadn't turned their back all laughed too. I yeah. mean, everybody was <laughs> laughing the whole <laughs> So... But it does take, um, it takes being confident to come out and to be who you are. And uh, uh, so, yeah. Well, that parade a, helped me come out, too. You know, I remember the first time I marched, Ward Rudick, you know, <laughs> grabbed me by the, the, the arm. And he said, oh, you know, I'm so thirsty. Let's go over to Sonic. And I'm like, who is this guy, you know? And uh you know, we went over and he bought me a, a drink and we went back to get ready to, to march and everything. And, you know, he just made me feel so welcome. Yeah. And uh, after that, you know, started to break the ice and I marched in the parade scared to death, you know, not knowing what to expect. And when, you know, you go down on Bullard and people are cheering, it was like, oh, OK, yeah, this is going to be all right. This is going to be all right. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing how many I've marched in a couple of the big parades like in uh, Seattle and San Diego and, of course, New York and Boston. And the amount of people that cheer is amazing. And you're walking along and people are just cheering. You go, oh, we're not alone. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. But again, allies are so important because, you know, the the population of uh, people that are gay and lesbians is is around somewhere somewhere between five and ten percent, closer to five actually. Though we like to say ten, it's <laughs> not quite. And uh, but the interesting thing is that. Without allies, we wouldn't have uh, it. Wouldn't be legal for gay people to be married. You know, without allies, we wouldn't have all these protections that are in place, you know, or protections because of orientation and protections because of uh, gender identity. That's so true. So, uh, before, 
Can I just, we need to stop and do a station break, so we'll come back and we'll talk more with Damie and Mimi. Okay, we are back with Gender Trouble, and we're talking with uh, Damie Nelson and Mimi Clark, and uh, they're talking about, uh, you know, coming out as an ally. You know, I want to say allies, we can't do anything without allies. Do you realize it was allies that gave women the vote? Women couldn't vote for themselves having to vote. They re- relied on allies. The civil rights wouldn't have been uh, civil rights without allies. And as a uh, trans person and gay identified, I'm really, really pleased with the two allies sitting here. So what else did you have to say, well, Amy? Um I want to do share some of the things that PFLAG has done over the last um, 15 years that I've been involved and just some of the things that we do around the community. One of the first things we did, and I this was a tense school board meeting, I remember uh, there was a young man named Michael who had been a student at Silver High, and he had been bullied pretty severely uh, while he was there. And he had the guts to come forward his senior year and speak in front of the school board. And luckily, PFLAG was there with him all the way. And so we packed the boardroom with allies to support Michael. And he detailed so many of the things that he had um, endured as a student. And the nice thing was that after that, a committee was formed to revise the bullying and harassment policy with the school district. And we were able to add not only gender identity, but also sexual orientation to the actual policy, and the board approved it. So that was a huge step. I regret to tell you that in recent years, the New Mexico School Board Association revised their policy, and now it only reads to support sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression are not part of the policy anymore. But I was just talking with uh, Amber from Equality New Mexico yesterday. She was here, and uh, they're working on trying to get that back into all the school board policies in the state to try to get gender identity and and, uh, gender expression back. So, um, you know, we had some improvement there for a while. In recent years, that committee's kind of fizzled out. Yeah. But uh, maybe if things improve, we might be able to bring it back and make things better. Well, I don't understand how the school board could not have that sexual orientation and gender identity because it's a state law. I mean, the law of New Mexico uh, recognizes uh, gender identity and sexual orientation as a protected group. So uh, how can then the school board come along and not recognize that? Yeah, I wish I knew all the details. I don't know why they took um, gender identity out. Uh, like I said, sexual orientation is still in there, but um, it needs to include both. Yeah, my my uh, middle daughter went to Silver High, and I know around, I think it was uh, around 2000, maybe a year or two before, uh, there was a group on camp. A lot of campuses have this thing called the Gay-Straight Alliance. And at, at Silver High, it was quite large. I think at one time, there's about 50 students. So the vast majority were straight, but they were there for solidarity. And it was a club. Like, there was a lot of clubs on the campus at the time at Silver High School. Well, in order to get the Gay-Straight Alliance off of, out of Silver High, they no longer have any clubs at Silver High. They they just banned all clubs because they couldn't just ban one and they'd run into a problem. So they banned all clubs. Mm. So And I think it's still that way. I don't know. It, I don't know if it is or not. Good question. So I don't either. I don't, I haven't, my daughter graduated in 2000. So that was the end of going up to the school there and going to all the games because my daughter was in band and I would, <laughs> so you, you stay on top of the school when your kids are there, but when your kids leave. So anyway, that, that's interesting how that is happening. What are the other things that PFLAG has done in the past? 
I had to dig through some notes, but um, I'll, I'll tell you about what's happened recently. We participated in Glam Week at Western, and what a success. The Monday of Glam Week, uh, we had a parents panel, which included Dr. Joe Shepard, president of the university, uh, Faye McAlmont, who most of us know through the um, Members Members Regional Regional Arts Council. Council. (laughs) It's always a mouthful. Uh, And then uh, Matthew Lara, who I think is admissions. Yes, he's the director of admissions. Yeah, director of admissions. And all three of them spoke so eloquently about how they learned about their daughter or son's uh, sexual orientation when they came out to them and how they just have this unconditional love for their children. And it was so beautiful to hear. And I got to thank M- Mimi for setting that up because she knows all those people really well. <laughs> well, was, you know, our meetings have been, we've had a very small membership yeah. in the last few years. <laughs> and so we are really meeting this summer. And we're like, what can we do to really try to gain members? And how can we understand our community more? Because we know there's people out there. We know there's allies. We know that um, we can be a resource for them, but they're not coming to our meetings, you know, so we wanted to do something that would attract people and also try to get people to um, speak out about what they're needing from us as a resource. It just happened to be very serendipitous that everything lined up perfectly. I mean, we couldn't have had a better week to incorporate this event into Glam Week. It was amazing. Um, But yeah, we had about, it was about 70 people Mm -hmm. show up. And I think it was just, it was just such a strong message that you know, some people do know them as having sons or daughters who are gay, but they don't know the story. They don't know how they supported them. They don't know what the experience was like. And I think that was really important to just understand them more and, you know, be able to relate to them as an actual just person instead of a, you know, a public figure. And I'm hoping down the, in the future we could have them come on the Gender Trouble and, and talk about their story. I think it would be very exciting. Yeah, and I think we're probably going to do a parents panel again sooner rather than later because because of the success of that one, uh, I've already been approached by a mom who has a trans son, and she wants to be involved. And I know there's other people in the community that would like to, to do what uh, Joe and Faye and Matt did because it, um, it was pretty special. It really was. And coming out with your story like that is, is very cathartic, you know, because you've held it all in, and now you're sort of telling the world, hey, I'm okay with this, and I love my son and daughter, and, and you know, it wasn't my fault, if you want to think of fault. Like mm-hmm. a lot of parents, they go through, what did I do wrong? How come this happened? And, of course, we know now with all the studies and everything that it's just part of uh, the human genome that certain number of people are going to be born that are going to be uh, gay and or lesbian or uh, and some and or trans there's of course there's far less people that are born transgender mm-hmm. we say the word trans meaning transgender that's transgender is an umbrella term meaning all kinds i was just at the university of arizona and i was with a group that are gender neutral they're young people, and they don't identify as any gender. And they just feel like, nope, they don't want to go there. They don't feel like they're either a boy or girl or a man or woman. They're just staying quite neutral. Thank you. <laughs> so people do have to reach a point where they could come out and say, this is who I am. And it's a wonderful thing when that happens. And so talk a little bit more about your, I know Mimi's going to have to leave us, so I'm going to just throw the ball at Mimi. (laughs) Mimi, tell us what you got to say here. Well, I think one of the most exciting events, and definitely one that I enjoy the most that we do for a fundraiser, is um, our annual dance party. And it started with an idea of just doing a fun fundraiser, mm-hmm. um, I think Jeff was like, you know, the town really needs a disco dance. Yes, blame it on, blame it on Jeff <laughs> yeah. going. Yes. <laughs> he said, we really need a disco dance. It's just We need to bring the 70s back. And so um, that was our first annual one, and it was when the, the Buffalo, Buffalo Bar yeah. was still open. We had it there, and since then it switched to the Little Toad Creek, which has been pretty successful. But every year we do a, a dance around the springtime, and we raise money for a scholarship that goes to someone at Western New Mexico University. And it's just kind of a fun time to just 
cut loose and just enjoy yourselves and just celebrate being ally and just support and fundraise overall. So people in this town like to dress up, you know, they (laughs) like costumes and stuff. So you got to give, just give them an excuse and they'll do it. They also like to dance. I mean, uh, there's some people who go to every dance possible, like Alice here. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so tell us a little bit about the scholarship. So the scholarship is actually the Nancy Kaling Scholarship. It is now, now, yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. so we started that. It goes to, it's awarded through the foundation at Western New Mexico University, so students actually can apply for it now, and it'll be awarded after, the the applications close March 1st. So then once all the applications are reviewed, the money gets awarded. I think in the past we've been able to give a 500, somewhere around uh, there. This current year was $500, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that again. I think another year it was two fifty, so it just depends on how much money we make at the dance. Yeah, and what are some of the qualifications that a student? If the student's filling out an application, what are they? Uh, one is that do they uh, need to be identified as LGBTQ, etc.? No. no, no, no. They can just be a straight ally. But okay. what we do ask is they have to prove that they've done some advocacy. Yeah. They have to say, okay. you know, I've worked toward equality, and, um, you know, they have to prove it. And we, we had a yeah. wonderful recipient this year, Marilyn Grijalva, and uh, mm-hmm. she's been working at the Center for Gender Equity, and she's the perf- she was the perfect candidate. She was so good. So uh, we hope to find somebody as highly qualified as Marilyn is. Yeah, I believe okay. she was on last week here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And um, we're starting to plan the next da- fundraiser, dance. We haven't picked a theme yet. So if anyone wants to join us on the first Tuesday of the month at Yankee Street at 530, they're more than welcome. We love ideas and we love the conversation. So our meetings are always the first Tuesday at 530. Okay, on that note, we're going to stop for a station break. And thank you, Mimi, for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay, we're back with Gender Trouble, and we have guests here from PFLAG, uh, Damie Nelson, and Mimi Clark had to go. So uh, it's Damie Nelson going to tell us more about PFLAG and the, and the work they do and and what they have been doing in town. So Damie got Yeah, we were just talking with Mimi about our monthly meetings, and uh, we meet the first Tuesday of each month at Yankee Creek Coffee House. And Terry uh, Sheffield, one of the owners, stays open just for us. And so you can get a coffee or uh, a chai or whatever you want to drink. It's really casual. And meetings are confidential. You know, people understand that not everybody that attends the meetings is out. So it's a it's a quiet, uh, supportive um, place to to just talk. And uh, we always start the uh, the meetings with some support for whoever's there. And then we kind of get into the the business that we need to cover. We uh, do try to have some presentations, educational programs from time to time. But we will be meeting again at 5.30 on December 1st. It's the first Tuesday of the month. And we usually run till about 7. Sometimes the meetings are a little shorter depending on what's happening and what we have to cover. But it's the first Tuesday of every month except July when we're all wrapped up in getting ready for the 4th of July parade. Okay, (laughs) yeah. And so new people are always welcome, and sometimes we have somebody who's come for the first time, and they're really don't quite know how to deal with, you know, a child or a niece or something, and they are looking for Mm -hmm. support. And, you know, even if we have... uh, agenda, a business agenda, we'll put that aside and we'll deal with the situation at hand. Absolutely. If we have a parent who is struggling and they would rather just talk one-on-one with somebody, we'll, we'll match up. We'll pair you up with somebody and you can go off, you know, to a quiet place by yourselves and just talk about what your needs are. And we also have a, what we call our listening ear phone. Uh, it's just a cell phone number. Uh, it's at my house. Um, it's 590-8797. If I don't pick it up, please leave a message, but we will match you up with somebody that can give you help as a parent or as a LGBT person that needs some support, and we'll make it happen. Yeah, that's, that's really good because a lot of people are really... Uh 
they just don't know what to do. And one of the things PFLAG has is a lot of literature. Yeah, we do. You know, you'll see us around town with our table distributing pamphlets and uh, brochures. But you can also go on the national website, which is pflag.org, and order whatever you want yourself right off, you know, the website. You know, and there's so much, there's so much helpful stuff on the uh, national website. So if you're a little shy about coming to a meeting, Go online to pflag.org, and you'll find a wealth of information, personal stories, uh, strategies, what to do if your kid just came out to you and you can't handle it and you're, you don't know what to do. You know, it's all, all there for you. And I understand that some of the literature, or maybe all of the literature, is in Spanish and even other languages. Um, I'm sure there's other languages besides Spanish, but I don't have those. The, there's quite a few that are available in Spanish already. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to uh, some of the things that PFLAG uh, has been doing recently and what PFLAG is planning on doing uh, coming up. Well, uh, Mimi talked about our dance. Uh, that'll be coming up probably in March or April. We haven't set a date yet. And at this point, it may very well be at Little Toad Creek again. That is the, for the Nancy Kaling Scholarship. Uh, let's talk just a little bit about Nancy. Yeah, uh, let's what, do. what an amazing person. She uh, had started PFLAG Fairbanks up in Alaska. She had a lesbian daughter and uh, started PFLAG up there. And then when she and her husband, Steve, moved down to Silver City, they kept PFLAG going down here. She was the president for many, many years. Uh, after I got elected president, uh, she continued as my vice president, thank goodness. But uh, she was just so welcoming and warm. And unfortunately, we lost her suddenly about a year and a half ago. And uh we, we still kind of feel that uh, absence for sure, but uh, she's here as our little angel, and so we named our scholarship after her because she was so influential here with PFLAG Silver City. I was thinking, I was remembering something else we did, and this is, gosh, this is going back maybe a decade ago, but um, there was a threat that a DOMA, a Defensive Marriage Act, was going to be passed in New Mexico, and uh, we had some folks from Lambda Legal come down and help us. And we did a polling action. So as people were leaving the polls, we asked them, you know, how, what's your feeling about uh, a DOMA here in the state? And that allowed Lambda Legal then to kind of get a sense of how much money and effort they needed to put into stopping the DOMA in New Mexico. And it was great because we did stop the DOMA and uh, didn't go away forever. But, uh, you know, we had to stop it every year. <laughs> But I thought, you know, don't you think the name's kind of ironic? I mean, we're the ones who are for marriage. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they're talking about the defense of marriage. You're going to say, yes, we fully agree. We would Absolutely. like to be married. Yeah. So, I, I like uh, the tagline that I saw on the Equality New Mexico um, under their logo, they have more than marriage now. Because I think there's a lot of people all over the country that think, oh, you know, gay people, lesbian people, you know, they can get married now. So the story's over. They have everything they want and need. Not so fast. There's still workplace inequalities. There's still issues at schools. There's public bathrooms, you know. It, it's, it's, there's so much more than just marriage. Right, and there are some states that are making it very difficult. I mean, there was this uh, one uh, person who worked for the city who was refusing to issue, uh, and this was, I forget what state it was in, but she was refusing to issue a marriage license. Yeah, I think that was Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. just absolutely refused, and she went to jail for that. I think she wanted to be a martyr, but we're going like, I, I don't understand how if two people are in love, and they want to, uh, you know, be married before God, then how does that affect somebody else's marriage? Yeah. It's just sort of yeah. mind-boggling in a way. And so anyway, that that's a uh, interesting thing. So, oh, I know what we ought to talk a little bit about, because everywhere I've gone, I've been a P-flag. Uh, there's been a P-flag chapter. When I went up to Seattle recently, 
I contacted the PFLAG chapter, and they were very active. And, of course, they had booths at all of the events and things, and, and PFLAG parents were out there and, and being very supportive. And whether it was I was in San Luis Obispo recently, and I was up in uh, Seattle, and then I went to uh, the Pride Fiesta in Olympia and also in Tacoma, and, and of course, they had PFLAG tables everywhere. So tell us what the PFLAG is doing nationally. Oh, boy. Hang on. i got to get out my notes because there's a lot, okay? And uh, I'll just briefly hit on these things because I started reading this information online, and I was just overwhelmed by all the things that PFLAG is doing nationally. There's a lot of legal stuff they're involved in, too. There's the, certainly the strong belief that LGBT people should be protected from discrimination and harassment under all federal, state, and local laws throughout the United States. So PFLAG's working on that. Hate crime legislation is a biggie, too, um, because you know LGBT persons um, need to be a protected category. Um, another thing that um, PFLAG National is working on is workplace equality. You know, in so many states right now, you can still fire a person or not hire them just because they're LGBT. Uh, another one is working in schools. Um, transgender kids in the schools is a big issue these days. And the schools are finally kind of waking up like, oh, my, I guess we're going to have to deal with this. So PFLAG's there to help them out. Marriage equality, of course, you know, just because the Supreme Court made its ruling doesn't mean it's, you know, there's not a backlash. It's still happening. Another thing uh, PFLAG's involved in is trying to make sure that in every state, uh, LGBT people can adopt and uh, adopt children and also uh, work as foster parents. Also working with faith communities. I'll tell you a quick story. Certainly during the 80s and 90s, uh, I had just kind of completely rejected Christianity. I, you know, after growing up in the Lutheran church, I even went to a Lutheran college for a couple of years. After hearing, you know, the Jerry Falwells and the Pat Robertsons and, you know, blaming everything from earthquakes to hurricanes on gay people, I just got totally disgusted. And I thought, I, wanna, I don't want to have anything to do with Christianity anymore. And I just pushed myself away. So imagine my shock when I moved to Silver City and I meet this guy named Tyler Connolly, and he was the first gay Christian I had ever met. And it just threw me completely. I was like, how, how can you do that? You know, <laughs> why would you want to, you know, be part of a group that seems to be so bent on your destruction? And over the last few years, I've learned that, oh, Christianity and Christ are often two different things, you know. There's uh, there's this Jesus that uh, Pat Robertson and Jerry Falwell and people like that, um, they have no clue who he is, you know. So that was a real shocking moment for me. And it's nice to know that PFLAG is working with all sorts of faith communities all over the country to lead them back to maybe what the original teachings were and to show them that, yeah, you know, LGBT people should and can be part of your congregation. So get yeah, used I, to it. Well, I'm one who spent uh, 20 years here uh, going to church, being basically a fundamentalist Christian, uh, very active, teaching Sunday school, doing lots of things. And all part of it is, because I knew I was transgender at at, at age of five. I always knew, but I was thinking that if I got married and had kids that, uh, and was in love, somehow it would go away. So it did for quite a few years. And then our kids left home and I sold our business. And next thing you know, I had time to think. <laughs> mm -hmm. And all of that gender dysphoria started coming back out again. And I spent two years studying everything I could about, you know, Jesus and, and uh, the Bible and being gay and being transgender. And uh, I mean, two years, I read everything I get a hold of. There's a really fine book by a person named Mel White, who was actually a speechwriter for Jerry Falwell, and, uh, and lots of uh, other uh, books like that. And I read them all, and I realized at the end of that that God loved me just like I am. And that uh, I didn't have to deny myself that. And, of course, uh, 
modern science has sort of verified, I think there's a lot of studies that show that there's no cure for being gay or being transgender. And uh, even though there's still groups that try like crazy, you know, reparative therapy, they call it. And this person, Peter uh, Toscano. Peter, Peterson Toscano, yeah. Yeah, who just uh, was doing a little performance at Light Hall uh, last night spent 15 years in reparative therapy and, and finally uh, realized the error of his ways and, and got married to another man. And, uh, and he's still and, a Christian. And he's still a Christian. <laughs> the example of Jesus was that he loved everybody. And so I think that's my example, too. On that, we're going to uh, stop for a break again, and we'll be right back. This is Gender Trouble. Okay, we're, we're back. <laughs> this is community radio, and this is what community radio is about. So we're talking with uh, Damien Nelson, who's president of the local PFLAG chapter, and we've been talking about a lot of our experiences. And with the LGBT community, which stands for lesbian, gay, bi, trans, and a lot of times they add more letters like mm-hmm. QIA or QQIAA. And so I'm going to run those by you because, you know, as people, we learn more and more in schools and we learn more about, we discover how humans are put together. We're learning more about how to identify and how to be ourselves. And so it's lesbian, gay, bi, uh, lesbian, gays, bi, and trans, but then it's also uh, queer and questioning. Queer sounds like one time the word queer was a pejorative term, Mm -hmm. but not anymore. There's even some universities that have queer studies. And I think of it like the definition of the original definition of the word queer, which doesn't really mean homosexual. Queer means queering the works. It means throwing a monkey wrench into the works, making, causing people to think differently. Mm -hmm. So queer means what we're doing is, uh, if we identify as queer, is we're taking the gender binary, mean man, woman, or, uh, you know, male, female, and we're thinking of it in a new way. So we're querying the works of the binary. So we have queer, and and another Q is questioning, and then I is for intersex, and one of these days we'll have a program on intersex, and we'll talk about uh, people that were born in such a way that either chromosomally or uh, their genitalia or other aspects were not... uh, necessarily uh, either male or female, but some ambiguity is going on. And uh, that, that'll be an interesting show. And then we have a, a there's two A's. Uh, there's uh, a gender, like you're not identifying with a gender. It could be androgynous, like you sort of like to appear somewhere in between. And so we have all these, and I always like to add an E there for everybody else. Oh, and and I think there's another A too, and that's just like people that are asexual. You know, it's just like, this is not a big part of my life. I don't really care. You know, it's not something I think about. I have all these other things that are part of me and I just, you know, my sexuality just kind of doesn't exist. Not a big deal, you know? Yeah. I could tell you what that's like. <laughs> my, I think my libido is like down to zero. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, so let's uh, kind of reiterate a little bit on some of the things we talked about, like what's coming up in the meeting, and uh, what else do you want to bring up, Damien? Oh, just um, yeah, we'll be we have our meetings the first Tuesday of every month. Our next meeting will be December first at Yankee Creek Coffee House from five thirty to seven, and that's open to everybody. So come on down. It's a nice, quiet, welcoming place to hang out and just talk. Uh, we will, our next big fundraiser will be our annual, it'll be our fifth annual dance party. Uh, Mimi and I are leaning toward going to disco one more time okay. as the, the fifth annual. And uh, so we'll probably have a DJ, but golly, people just had so much fun dressing up and, you know, love it or hate it, disco, you got to dance. So you know? what, what, <laughs> year, what year is disco? 
I think of it as like 70s. 70s but I think yeah. it blended over into the early 80s, too. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. 70s. Were 70s like those huge bell bottoms? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> gosh, 70s. That was like, yeah, the, the hippie culture had set in. Um, you know, but 70s was still a transitional <laughs> time. I remember starting high school at Eastwood High School as a freshman, and girls were still not allowed to wear pants to school yeah. when my freshman year. And uh, pretty soon then we, we got it, and we, we all cut our jeans open and, and sewed in like bright paisley prints to make our own bell bottoms. So, you know, even in El Paso. Yeah, I yeah. certainly remember that. And I remember the uh, the boys would have these collars that were long and pointed. Oh, yeah. Oh, but then there were those polyester leisure suits. Oh, no, that was bad. But anyway, um, PFLAG, you know, we do have membership, so it costs a little bit, but it's really, really reasonable. But, uh, you know, we have a lot of people on our mailing list that aren't even technically members. So if that's you, if you're somebody that's, you know, already stressed out and you've got too many organizations and causes that you believe in, just, you know, give us a call or stop by a meeting. We'll stick you on the, the mailing list and you can get a little inside information about what's going on with PFLAG. Uh, we are a 501c3, so any donations are tax deductible. And we're always looking for new members. In fact, we did pick up some new members after the parents panel during Glam Week. And uh, that was great. Uh, got some donations. Um, so, yeah, it yeah. works. And, and I'm sure looking forward to doing a panel, a parents panel here. So we'll yeah, uh, definitely yeah. put that down the road. Absolutely. And, uh, we're also in the process of kind of rebuilding our board. So uh, if, if anybody's out there that would like to become a member and maybe serve on the board, we're going to try to keep actual board meetings down to maybe quarterly. We just need help making decisions, you know, and being having that 501c3 status. So we're, we're rebuilding our board. But I have some people in mind I'll be asking you soon. So watch <laughs> out. Watch out. Yeah, stay tuned. Exactly. Um, I don't know. It's PFLAG's personal, you know, yeah, and you, it is. Um, yeah. I've learned so much. Um, you know, I had no clue about so many things and there's still so much I have to learn. I was reading the PFLAG pamphlet about uh, transgender family and friends and I was just like, wow, this is kind of complicated. It's like the biggest brochure that PFLAG puts out, but um, thank goodness it's there. So you can learn a lot and... I don't know. There's there's so much there, and I've I've made so many new friends just being um, part, you know, kind of on the the fringe of the LGBT community. Yeah, that's that's very good. And you wanted to talk a little bit about Peterson uh, Toscano. Well, along the line of uh, he did a, a a program last night about gender issues that were in the Bible, people yeah. that kind of cross gender boundaries. But interesting, the person that brought Peter Peterson Toscano here is uh, Tyler Connolly, who's going to be our guest, uh, and it will be the 3rd of December. Oh. We are not going to be here next week because of Thanksgiving, and I'm going to be in Seattle. So the following week, Tyler Connolly will be here, and he'll be talking about the Bible, and uh, it's Reverend Tyler Connolly, and he's going to be talking about the Bible and the LGBT uh, community and people and how the Bible, does the Bible really even address those issues? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Peterson was great last night, and he, you know, portraying all these characters, the eunuchs and Esther and all those stories that you've, you know, you're kind of familiar with, but he made you realize you dig a little deeper and there's all these gender variant kind of people that are the heroes and so strong. So that was, that was really well done last night. Yeah, I, I thought it was a terrific show. And, and I was, of course, I'm gender variant myself. So uh, I really enjoyed the uh, interesting comparisons about, you know, Esther being a warrior. Mm -hmm. And uh, people now who want to adhere to these strict 
you know, gender roles of women should be in the house and doing those kind of. I hate uh, to tell them women and, are not going to go back to that. <laughs> you know, in, no. <laughs> even in the uh, the time, you know, the early time of the Old Testament, you had women that were uh, that were warriors, that were soldiers, like Joan of Arc. You know, who mm-hmm. led the troops, and uh, Esther was a judge, and and. Uh, so that was rather exciting, and then it talked about the difference in character between, uh, was it Esau and Jacob? And Jacob, yeah. Where Jacob, you know, uh, Esau was into hunting, and he was large and tall, you know, big and hairy, and, hairy <laughs> and, uh, and uh, Jacob hung out in the tents, it says in the Bible, so it means he hung out with the women. And, and uh, liked to cook. And he liked yeah. to cook, and, and so here's two very different people, but they were both men. Mm-hmm. And so what the Bible was saying is there's no right way or wrong way to be a man. Mm-hmm. God is into diversity. I think we could say that pretty clearly and easily. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, what else do you have to say? We're kind of running, winding down here. Okay. Susan, I just, I just want to tell you that I'm very grateful that you have returned to Silver City because you you, you have an amazing personal story and uh, yeah, I missed having you at PFLAG meetings because you were always there and always supportive of other people and uh, yay, we're, we're glad you're back. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. <laughs> I miss Silver City a lot and I, and I don't miss the rain in Seattle. Mm. I mean, 290 days of rain, 290 days of overcast. I mean, you got to be kidding, right? <laughs> and so here we have 290 days or more of sunshine. Yep. So yeah, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I feel like I'm home. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> You know, and, and we've got such an awesome community here because, you know, like when we when we do march during the 4th of July, the vast majority of people are cheering for everybody that's watching, you know, walking with that big rainbow flag and uh, people are so supportive and it's such a, a, a nice place to live. And uh, yeah, PFLAG is really grateful for all the support yeah. we've gotten through the years. Well, the Christmas parade is coming up or the lighted, yeah. you know, winter parade or however you want to call it. Uh, but I don't think we're doing anything this year for that. But I sort of miss that. But maybe next year. Maybe next year, yeah. It takes, time, takes some work to put together a float. One time over at uh, Nancy and Steve's house, we put together this lighted float and we really worked on it and everything. And it was pretty good. And and it said P-Flag and everybody still went, what is P-Flag? Yeah. What is P-Flag? <laughs> yep. <laughs> So I think we're getting close and we're running down. So, again, uh, we don't uh, gender uh, trouble will not be on next week, but the following week we'll be here with Tyler Connolly. So thank you very much for tuning in to Gender Trouble. And uh, this is uh, GMCR, your community radio. 